Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. All right, Matt, if you were to, if you were to say what a good band photo would look like, what, 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 do you, what do you envision? First thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, the three or four band members wearing, like, jeans and denim jackets. Somebody's uh-huh. got long hair, looking sort of forlorn, uh, yep. kind of a dark photo. It's sort of silhouette. You can kind of make out some features. But everybody's, like, super <laughs> serious and badass. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why? Did you do a uh, photo shoot? Yeah, I got a I got a gig tonight and okay. uh and the the venue was looking for a photo and our photo our only photo is like 4 years old and it's really bad. So last night we um we we got together to take some band photos and uh and it was really hard not to look super cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how, band photos are hard. We, I googled it, and they all just look really, really dumb, <laughs> like really cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right. I think, I mean, what I described is what what I grew up seeing as band photos in the you know mid '90s, and it was this uh, the the grunge yeah era. The grunge and so and like the emo I, era, yeah. so I guess if if that's what your your lens is, and you're trying to do that now when that's not really the the music anymore, and but maybe that's what bands are like still think band photos are. I don't know. Like, if you go back to the to like uh, the oldies, right? Like rock and roll. Like, what were those band photos like? They weren't that. They were just. They were just. Yeah, they were more smiling. like in a studio, like uh, you know, like right with like your hands, you know, in the rock formation, and uh, <laughs> you know, like guitars flinging everywhere. <laughs> like the <laughs> the band photos where people are holding an instrument, but there's no amp or anything like that, or like the drummer has the drumsticks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of band photos like that because because yeah just just from googling it and they, i mean they look just so cheesy uh yeah so now i mean it seems like nowadays people are either getting really creative and doing uh like kind of goofy but uh or i don't know cool type things with like makeup or in in unusual places where people are standing on different things and you know really artsy uh-huh. or they're just kind of doing the similar to the old grunge photos but a little bit more candid maybe you're sitting on a couch just looking really like Okay. Right. Hey, I was guys. just thinking about the cat. Saves the day has a has an iconic album with a photo of the three or four of them. Maybe actually might have been five of them sitting on a couch at a party, all kind of looking bored. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like that one. It's just kind of it's a little, back then it was a little different because they weren't look, they weren't at all looking to camera, and they just weren't trying to be cool. In fact, the album was called Through Being Cool, so they were they were over <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. I did a band photo shoot in college, and okay. we like hung out on the porch of someone lived off campus and had a porch. And I think we had a photography student who was taking the pictures and we just sat like on a swinging chair and like, you know, just kind of found objects and things that you could, you could do, but it was, you know, no smiling. It was just, just look serious and badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we ended up going with uh, one where, um, cause it's just three of us. So two of the guys were sitting on some like deck steps Mm-hmm. and uh and i was leaning up against the wall of a house and i was looking at them smiling and they were looking kind of like passively off into the distance <laughs> <laughs> and it, it looked it looks kind of candid like it, we were hanging out or something right um right. but man it was it was ridiculous yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah. good times good times things will do to to look awesome <laughs> i know the amount of effort that you do you put into <laughs> looking cool is uh <laughs> especially when you're when you're 
in your mid thirties is not very cool. So. <laughs> uh, in other news, uh, I am feeling really amped about signing up for a long, like a hundred miler, or doing something. Mm. So okay, so here's the question. Uh, I guess I guess the situation. We I think we actually talked about this a little bit uh, a few weeks ago, but um, I. The other night, I was going through. Uh, do you remember? You know, I have a podcast that was just me, Trail Talk, that uh, you know has yeah, I haven't that. uploaded anything for a couple of years. Um, and I, and so the other night, I decided I was tired of seeing the the monthly charge from our from the podcast host, right? <laughs> uh, for for the podcast, even though it still gets some downloads, it uh, I just you know, decided maybe it was time to sunset that podcast. But so I was going through and like downloading all the episodes, making sure I had all the information in case I ever wanted to upload it again. Wait, so you decided to sunset instead of instead of go all in like we did at the turning point of No Made Athlete Radio, right? Yeah. You didn't you didn't decide to go all in on on double T? I figured <laughs> I figured it would <laughs> I figured it wouldn't be the wisest thing for me to go all in on two podcasts and and have a third one as well. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, so I decided to sunset. But I you know, I am keeping it because I, it like as I was going through it, I was like, man, this is some good stuff here. Um and people seem to really resonate. There were some episodes that had a lot of downloads uh, that um, and, and that had clearly been shared and, and things like that. So, um, so anyway, I was pulling it all down, and it was kind of this. It was kind of an emotional thing for me, right? I mean, uh, Rock Creek Runner. When I was doing that, mostly full time or half time, I guess, with Nomad Athlete, um, I, that was kind of the peak of my training and the peak of of my love for the sport of ultra running. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so now to be kind of sunsetting the podcast uh, and, and turning it off, um, it, it like was actually a motivator for me to be like, man, I really want to do something hard like that again. I really want to get back to more consistent, uh, yeah. bigger runs. Right. And so it was like taking it away was as was more motivating than I think just leaving it up there. Wow, I like it. That's that's really cool. I mean, I like yeah. those kind of moments are exciting. Uh, so so you've. Have you have you decided to do anything about it? Well, for, first before I get I, here's what I think is what I've experienced that's similar. When I look back at like old uh, like because we, we've deleted a lot of content from No Made Athlete for mm-hmm. search engine purposes, you know, because as as with anything else, like five percent of the articles eventually over years and years, like they turn out to be the ones that keep getting traffic, and the other ninety five percent just don't. And it turns out that for search engines, it's good to get rid of the stuff that that is just sort of diluting the sites you know potency uh and so we had to delete stuff and some of it was like old boston marathon stuff and i would read that and i just think like at at some point it seems like so different from me like the mindset of like that i was doing these track workouts and that i wouldn't miss anything and i'd I'd have three workouts a week plus the long run and i like just wouldn't miss whereas nowadays when i try to train it's like so much more casual and like i just do it most you know the default is don't do it, and then if I if I can, I'll, I'll get it done. Um, and at the same time, I always feel like even though I'm whatever now, thirteen years older than that, I don't feel like I'm all that far away from that level of fitness again. Like it, certainly far away, but not not like more than a year away from like being you know if I just could just commit for that amount of time, like yeah. And, and that's how running is. Running is one of these sports where you actually that that can be true that you can do just as well. I think you know the guy who just did the ran the the marathon uh, in what was it Berlin Berlin I think do you know the names I don't I don't know how to pronounce runner names Kipchoge yeah there you go uh, I don't follow closely enough to ever hear them pronounced so anyway um, yeah he, well, he just set the world record 
Yeah, and he's yep. what 30, 39 or something or thirty. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's right. I mean, you don't have people doing that in many other sports. Uh, so it's kind of cool that like maybe we're not that far from that fitness if we could just commit for a little. So that's when I get inspired. It's it's sort of that's the that's the conversation in my head, thinking like, wow, if I if I just like put in the effort for a while, I could be back in that kind of shape or even better because of some of this benefit that that kind of accrues uh, just from more years of doing some fitness. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we've talked about at length on, on this podcast, you and I over the last few years have, have dabbled in, in several different types of fitness activities that uh, I think would only strengthen our ability to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Would hope you know, so. Bigger. Right. I, you know, right. But I mean, you know, I, I mean, let's, let's, like, I have not stopped running. I, I still run yep. five times a week. It's just not very long. It's like hardly ever more than five miles. Sometimes I get out for something longer on the weekends. And I just haven't had a big race. It was last October. It was this time last year that I ran my last 50K. Uh, and that was the first race I had run since the pandemic. Um, and so, you know, it's just it, it, just out of that that cycle of running a race probably every other month is what I used to be doing. You know, do an ultra every other month or so. Um, and a 100 miler every year, and which meant that I was doing a 50 and a 100K and all that stuff as well. Um, I've just been out of that cycle for, for so long now. But... I don't know. It's 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 motivating. And uh, so you asked if I've done anything. I have not done anything. I haven't signed up for any races, but I did lock in a date. Uh, my, my buddy and I have been talking about doing kind of a an adventure run or like a, a, a route link up that's about 40 miles around mm. our house. And so we, we locked in a date around Christmas time to go do that. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, so that's something that will hopefully... That is something get some uh training going and then um you know maybe maybe be the catalyst the jumpstart me into a spring 100 mile or something right good i like it i will be following along uh i have similarly i haven't i won't say gotten motivated for something like that but i have i've been like recently it's just it's just like the pendulum goes back and forth so i've been so much recently into like not optimizing routines and like just as I say, be a normal person, like just like, you know, wake up at a normal time, maybe get a workout in if that's what you need to do in the morning. But like, mm-hmm. don't have an hour long routine. You have to go through all these things in order to check them all off and say, now I'm ready to start the day. Um, but I just came across an article. My dad actually sent me one from a guy, Mr. Money Mustache. You know him? Man, that sounds super familiar. I think, I mean, I think he, maybe he was popular five or seven years ago but my dad okay. still reads him i don't know but anyway he had he had an interesting he put a chart up like the, the default lifestyle versus the science lifestyle as he called it mm. uh and it was kind of like an uh an ode to uh andrew hupperman's podcast who's giving all this advice that this guy's learning from but anyway he just has like throughout the starting from the wake up then to breakfast then to what you do then to how you get in the car how you do all and just like goes through the whole day and says what the default is and it's you know these terrible activities that are making everybody so unhealthy and then he says what the science version is. And it's like, it's all stuff that's pretty easy to do. Like wake up naturally as your sleep cycle ends, uh, proceed directly outside into the natural light. Now that's not that easy to do because who's going to really do that? But I guess some people will go outside immediately. Uh, take a walk in the morning, you know, have some coffee, grab your pen and paper and journal for a little bit. And and so he just goes through his whole day and, and outlines this day that is like, you know, pretty nice, pretty easy health decisions to make throughout the day. And I, I just realized like I've kind of slipped into more of that default stuff mm-hmm. just as this pendulum swings you know just go back and forth um but anyway i printed it out and, and there's this i don't know i'm just i'm kind of excited to like to like draw a line at some point and be like all right i'm starting to do a whole bunch of this stuff now uh 
which is you know not, not how I've typically believed that you should change habits. I tend to think it's much better to kind of ease into things. But I don't know. It's just I've I've uh, just kind of gone long enough since the spring when I was really training hard, uh, where I just feel like I don't know. Time to time to do something something good. Good. Well, I'm excited to hear that too. I can't wait to see yeah. where that takes you. Yeah. Also, Doug, I've got an idea. Do you think anyone would notice if we took the Trail Talk episodes and we did a little intro for them mm. and, and sort of acted like they were Nomad Athlete Radio, and then we played you and we just spliced in little bits of me being like, that's a good point, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would notice uh, because it's it's basically just, they're, they're like 15-minute episodes of me uh, of me just talking about a specific things. So, I mean, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Well, um, all right. Maybe we'll give it a try and see if anybody... But, oh man, what was the what was the slogan? I started every episode with a open to trail talk, bite sized advice. Uh, man, something but I don't know. It was it was good. But you know, so I no one ever asked me if I if I will go back to writing about writing for Rocket Runner anymore. Okay. Um, but I, people ask me fairly regularly, when are you bringing back trail talk? Oh yeah. Okay. When uh when when we when I was promoting the morning show a lot uh, on on my socials, I got several messages about trail talk. Um, so people, yeah, people liked it. So. That's good. I mean, not not to take anything away from you and that specific podcast, but podcasts in general, if they are well done, like I assume this was, uh, they have that power that a mm-hmm. lot of things, not other media necessarily have. Um, so I don't know. I think it's it's a neat. I I just I like show the, what's driving the morning show thing for me is like how much I love finding a radio show or podcast where it like just feels like you're hanging out with friends and it just feels. It just makes, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever. It makes it go by so fast if you're in the car or running, and yeah. it's just fun. Um, that, I don't know. I just I just love that, and I think that that's where, the to me, the, the podcast power lies. I guess some people do it for learning or another stuff, and it's great, useful for that, too. But I don't, I just, not the same, not quite that same connection when it just feels like friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the episodes that I listen to, the podcasts that I listen to the most are, are just kind of random ones. But, you know, I mean, they have a topic, obviously, but, like, Nothing super hard hitting, or some story. You know, I know you're not a fan of the highly produced storytelling podcasts, no. but I, I still do that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's much less about educational stuff, and but it's way more. I mean, I listen to podcasts all the time, I, every day almost. Uh, but I how you stop that? I thought we had a no mean athlete episode on that where you were cutting that out of your life. <laughs> I did, you know, and and I have cut back. I don't I don't work to the news anymore or the podcast. Okay. Um, so that's good. What about but gardening? Do you put it on when you go out to the garden? I do. Yeah. If I'm oh, like you're gardening. You're supposed to cut doing... that out. I know. I know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, like I never check somebody's blog anymore. I guess it's not really a thing anymore. Um, no, that's really not a thing at all. I, I people get emails. I, I read, you know, I read, I'm on certain newsletters, but they're, they're marketing or some sort of yeah. related to work normally. I just check Twitch streams nowadays. <laughs> you just yeah, you're a Twitcher now. That's right. We are Twitchers now. <laughs> I guess I am too. <laughs> we had, we, yeah. We, so anyway, I'll, I was going to talk about our follower count on Twitch, which is up to two. Uh, oh, we upped it to two. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah, I know. Wow. Anyway, this is probably the spot to give the obligatory morning show pitch. Uh, we are continuing to do that every single day. It's only picking up energy. The volume of the downloads and people there is starting to snowball and it just it's just happening uh it's really fun so if you haven't checked that out yet or even if you have because it's gotten a lot better we've just gotten better at doing it and that's what happens when you do something every day for even a month uh the repetition just starts to make you better so anyway it's it's really fun it's called the plant-based morning show 
Uh, you can subscribe now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we're now live streaming, not just on Instagram Live at 11 a.m. every weekday. Uh, Nomad Athlete underscore official is who you'd have to follow to get that notification. Uh, but we're also doing it on Facebook in the Nomad Athlete channel on my personal account. We're doing it on Twitch, uh, Twitter. I put it on my LinkedIn yesterday, Doug. I added LinkedIn to it. <laughs> <laughs> Your LinkedIn? <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> I had to fill the multi-stream thing. I don't know. I just figured, what's it going to hurt? So anyway, it's on all these channels now. Uh, so look for it, 11 a.m. Eastern. And I think, Doug, we are going to... Uh, YouTube as well. On YouTube. Yep, of course. That's a big one. Uh, that's also Nomad Athletes YouTube channel, so just search for that. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, we are going to put it out. Like, I want people... I don't... I understand it's effort to go listen to a new podcast, Uh we're going to keep making these Nomad Athlete Radio episodes like we're doing today. We still, believe it or not, have a whole episode planned. This has been a long intro, but um, <laughs> but anyway, I think next week we're going to put out, uh, actually put that podcast on this feed for four or five days or whatever whatever we do. Monday's a holiday for us, so I don't know what we're, what we're doing, but um, I think we'll actually put them on this feed and just kind of give people that daily taste so it's as easy as possible for you to try it out. Skip them if you don't want to, uh, but... You know, then it's not going to replace Nomad Athlete Radio. Of course, we'll go back to that again as as we're doing today. Um, but I just want I just want people to get it and see what we're doing and just give it a try for a couple of days. And I, I don't know. I I think if if you're still listening now and you like the sort of intro vibe of of this this podcast, um, I think you'll be into it because that's Doug. You said the reviews. Everyone says this is the intros of Nomad Athlete Radio. Yeah, and you know, with Although, I think headlines. I think they're more along the lines. of This is my favorite part of Nomad Athlete Radio. Which is uh-huh. the, <laughs> yeah, so. which is not true for everybody. And if that's not you, then yeah. maybe you're not going to love the plant-based uh, morning show. But just putting that out here in case, uh, in case. It is. So anyway, you will notice and, and, at some point you'll notice a bunch of these things showing up in the Nomad Athlete Radio feed. That's not a permanent thing. We're just going to do it for a week. Uh, and anyway, just give it a try. And then uh, the following week we're going to do a trail talk for a week, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're ready to resurrect it, I think you've yeah. earned uh, you've earned that that amount of respect that we can put a few episodes on here and tell people to go the people have spoken (laughs) if you want trail talk on the nomad athlete radio feed (laughs) hashtag long live trail talk (laughs) no i'm just kidding um uh yeah no it's uh it's super fun it it is i I have so much fun with this show and uh, i think that other people will enjoy it as well um but you've probably heard an episode by now if you're listening to this one so we don't have to convince you right good okay um, well, let's get to our topic today, Doug. And we are talking about the downfall of the vegan movement. We are. Is that fair? The, yeah, the collapse of, of veganism everywhere. <laughs> the global, global collapse of... Right. But, of but before we do that, we're giving some background. Because <laughs> as we do this morning show, like, which we do research for it every day, because you've got to find new headlines every day, um... It's just it's just a barrage of new releases of plant based products. Like it is like you would not. I th- I thought I kind of knew how much was happening before, uh, and thought well, you know Impossible Burger here and that one the rumors of the McPlant thing happening, and then uh, every now and then you hear a, whatever. Maybe you got wind of the the uh, Panda Express orange chicken, and, it, and like there's this sense that like every month you find out there's some new plant based meat thing, but it's every day. And it's not just meats. There's like all different snack categories and cheeses and the milk alternatives. And it's not just like the old way of making the plant-based meat. Now there's fermented processes, this animal-free whey protein, which we've talked about on this podcast uh, at least once, maybe twice. 
mm-hmm. and I, where I had the ice cream from it, and it was like unbelievably good. And it's it is essentially, I mean, it is whey protein. It's just that it doesn't involve animals to make it. Um, so, it, and it's a you know, I guess it, by in that way, it's vegan. Um, anyway, we haven't even gotten into the cultured meat stuff that you know sell technology. Um, but it's like it's just unbelievable how much is happening. So like I'm I'm plant based lunchables, plant based lunchables, plant based Doritos now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There actually is a Doritos flavor apparently that is that is vegan. I did not know that, but uh, oh. there is one Dorito flavor that's mm-hmm. vegan. Veg News had it. I forget, forget which one it was. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it's all it's just it's just a exploding it seems. So that's like the positive. Uh, what looks like you know interesting great progress for this plant based diet. Assuming that you that you think more of these products is a good thing even though they're not healthy, uh, a lot of them. And like, and I, I kind of do think it's a good thing, right? I have concerns. I've expressed those a lot. But I, in general, this is cool. This is really neat progress for the plant-based movement. Um, but we're also seeing lots and lots of headlines recently, in the past month, I'd say especially, uh, almost all of them mentioned Beyond Meat in the headline or the sub-headline, uh, about how the whole category of plant-based foods is kind of failing or uh you know coming in below expectations and and you can find data points like the fact that mcdonald's you know stopped the mcplant trial in the u.s uh and and a lot of sites unfortunately but this is the way it is like they're really happy to report that the plant-based you know that plant-based meats sizzle fizzled in the u.s uh as the guardian puts it uh you know it's just no wonder it's mainstream news people get Certain people get sick of the news. We, we talked about Cracker Barrel, right? How angry people were that the Impossible yeah. Sausage was showing up on their menu. And so a lot of people really get excited when they get to laugh and say, ha-ha, this plant-based stuff is completely failing. Uh, and, you know, Beyond Meat stock, I think, down 75% from its peak. And so there's this perception, I don't know whether it's real or just sort of agenda to paint the picture, but, like, this perception that the whole thing is collapsing. So... um, I, I think we wanted to get into that, Doug, and like talk about, you know, is it really, or is it just sort of an illusion, or you know, where where does this actually, where where does the plant based movement stand in its in its progress right now, as far as uh, getting more people to eat this way? Yeah, so you know, one of the articles we looked at when we were when we were doing this was came from the Food Navigator, um, which I have no idea what the Food Navigator is, but I think it's a uh, it's one of our big sources. We, and it, we, yeah, we use it all industry, the time. What, is, is it just an industry site? News and analysis on food and beverage development. In your um, and their big argument is, uh, yeah, the headline of this of this article is plant-based brands accused of creating, creating a category failure, maybe one of the biggest in the food industry history. And it's talking about all the hype, all the money that went into it, um, you know, several years ago. Beyond Meat, a stock got up to $250, I think. Now it's down to 14 or something. Um, just all, all everything that was like happening uh, just a few short years ago, and their big argument is that the consumers just aren't keeping up with, with all of the hype and all the growth, um, that, that people are still talking about plant-based meats because um, of all the media that, attention that it's getting, but that consumers aren't actually going out and and buying these foods. And they have a lot of quotes from people who are saying, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to spend my money at a restaurant, uh, you know, harder money, I'm not going to get something that's, that's a knockoff of the real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course this is talking about 
meat eaters, uh, you know, who, who aren't necessarily converting to plant-based foods as, as quickly as, uh, as, or with as much enthusiasm as, as, as vegans are. Um, and, and really this is what like beyond meat, you know, the fact that, uh, orange chicken is in Panda Express Impossible foods, all this stuff, it's not for vegans. Like, yes, we can talk about it and hype it up and get really excited about it and go support it. But it's not made for us. Like, it's made for people who are veg curious or people who just sometimes want to choose meat um, or it's something that is, is quote-unquote, a little bit healthier than meat. Um, that's the only way that these companies with these evaluations, with these growth and, and this amount of investment into them are really going to grow is if they get beyond the the vegans. And, uh, and this article is, is arguing that consumers are not adopting, are not, uh, are not embracing these meats nearly as much. Yeah, and and there has been I've seen a few sort of I guess these are anecdotal, but you see things like I think a Burger King executive I forget it was if it was the chairman or the CEO or whatever, but basically said like yeah like we are seeing a lot of Impossible Whopper sales, but they're not they're not people who are who are like Burger King customers now choosing to get mm-hmm. the Whopper, get the, get the vegan version that, you know, they were eating the meat bur- version before. It's that they're bringing vegans into the Burger King and they haven't been there in years because there was nothing for us there. So they're saying like, yes, it, it's working really well, but it's not so far working at, at, you know, converting anyone or, or even getting people to try more. So like, like I said, sort of anecdotal, like that's one person said that I didn't see any data about that. And we do see a lot of data when we look in these articles about the amounts of these plant-based meat sales, not just fast food restaurants, but like across everything, grocery stores, especially, um, that a large portion of them are like flexitarian eaters. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is omnivores who are converting or like for the first time ever trying stuff but it's people who maybe wanted to limit meat consumption before without calling themselves vegan by any means or even vegetarian and now they've got an easier way to to do it but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're eating less meat it could just mean that they're replacing what was you know maybe maybe they used to have a meatless monday where they'd have pasta with sauce on it and now they have that pasta with sauce with beyond meat in it Right. And so, like, it doesn't necessarily mean any animals are, you know, being saved or that they're going more vegan. It just is sort of kind of making it more convenient to be flexitarian uh, or to be vegan vegetarian if you already are. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the story. Like I said, I don't know how much of that part is true. Is it actually true that, that these things in restaurants aren't getting meat eaters to try them? Uh, I don't really know. But what I think is going on, and, and I know that you agree with this, um, is that so just to put some numbers to this right now like the the plant-based meats are something like one percent of the overall global market for meat sales so very small percentage um and in 2019 when when i don't know when the fundraising happened for beyond and impossible but when the when the money was really pouring in and the money was also pouring out in the term of in terms of advertising spending um People were estimating like 15% – by 2030, so whatever that – 11 years from then, a decade from then basically, they were saying 15% of the meat market would be these plant-based meats. So that's that's pretty massive growth. That'd be like – I mean I don't know what it was at the time. It might have been a half percent or 1%. um, No, so it's 1% now. So it was something less than that. Uh, I mean that's just – that's massive expectation. And apparently like the ones who were 
really bullish on it, we're saying 30%, like a third of the meat sales in the world by 2030, we're going to be these plant-based meats. And like anything else with investing, like it's really easy to get swept up in the hype and these things that might turn out to be bubbles where there's a whole lot of expectation. Remember, like the way stock prices are valued is based on expected future revenues and profits. It's not like a stock can, can keep, a company can keep on growing but if the expectation was that it would grow faster, then its stock price will actually go down during that growth period if it doesn't meet the expectation, because that's how the that's how the value gets built in. So, my point is, in this pre-pandemic years when these companies were were like were it, uh, people had these massive expectations. The values, the IPO, you know, came out and it was just historically huge, uh, and they haven't met expectations because there's. I mean, there's been a pandemic. I'm not saying because there's, but as part of it, there's been a pandemic. Uh, there's war now. And so, like, aside, aside from the fact that it probably just got overhyped, there's also been some extra challenges. And as a result, they're they're not meeting those expectations. Uh, but so these articles are, are acting like the stuff has stopped growing or it's completely, mm-hmm. you know, failed. But to me, I think it's just that it's growing slower than these crazily unreasonable whatever irrational exuberant irrationally exuberant expectations uh about how fast it would grow and and that and that happens it happens it happens with the as you pointed out happens with the with the dot-com boom right like it's not like the internet maybe some people were when when this all the dot-com stocks crashed in 2000 after being in a maybe a similar bubble everyone was saying i mean not everyone a lot certainly there were people saying this whole internet thing was kind of a you know it turned out that didn't work and you know it, right. this whole thing's not going to change our lives overhyped sure right mm-hmm. but if you look back now with 22 years of, of hindsight since then the internet has changed everything it just didn't do it immediately and so like the expectations were that it would happen much faster than it did and but but eventually you know now only now 20 years later or 15 or whatever it took like to where we sort of really hit the steep part of that exponential curve and like suddenly now now it feels like there's changes every single day there's new tech that creeps into our lives uh so anyway it would to me it doesn't seem like at all like a wacky theory or like a a homer optimistic theory that that's exactly what's happening with the plant-based stuff and that like this to me this isn't even a negative i mean i think i think it's still very clear that this is going to keep building and growing it just it's just right now in a little bit of a downswing yeah you know i think that the the idea that something like beyond or impossible meat which tastes a lot like me and looks a lot like me, but isn't perfect, right? And certainly some of the, you know, like like we were talking about the Guardian beef tips and, you know, certain things like that are, are definitely not uh, at all perfect. You could you could totally tell the difference. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, you know, if the, the, this idea that, um, that, you know, just introducing that and putting it into restaurants, things like that is just going to completely change behavior. A third of people are going to, are going to start choosing this over the other one. I, I mean, optimistic is is an understatement, I think, um, because it would just it would be such a radical adoption and a radical change for a lot of people. But what I think is going to happen is that it's just going to grow steadily and on several fronts. We know that veganism is growing, the plant based movement is growing. That more there are more people who are vegetarian now than there were five years yeah. ago. We see a lot of ten percent stats when they do surveys. Ten percent of people. Americans claiming they are vegan, which to me is mind blowing, and I don't believe it. But uh-huh. it's 
we used to see two and three percent for that kind of number. So like, right. it, certainly, you're right. That is that is certainly growing. So so we know that that's growing. We know that the alternative meat, the plant based meat, is is getting better and tastier. And we and we know that there are going to be, or we anticipate. Our prediction is that uh, it's going to be close enough to where they'll maybe substitute some of it into the meat mix, uh, or um, or you know swap it out on on certain things that uh, that you just don't. It, it doesn't like where it's not a key ingredient, you know, and uh, and so you, you're just not even really like noticing that it's a plant based version now instead of a, a meat version. Yeah. And I think what, just to clarify, when you say that, it's not that these companies out of the goodness of their hearts and concern for animals are going to start mixing in a percentage. It's, it's just going to be driven by cost and, and necessity. Uh, right. And, totally. and who knows what kind of, you know, restrictions on meat production there will be. As we, and we are seeing that some of that As stuff is, is even happening. Yeah. For the environment. Yeah. Right, so I think you know, and 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 we we talked on the morning show, morning show about uh, the new FDA healthy labels and things like that. That like, and brands are already reacting to that, even though it's not it's not official uh, yet. That uh, brands are already responding and, and and making their products a little bit healthier. And I could see that brands may, in order to get that green light healthy label, are going to uh, make changes like this by introducing plant milks, introducing plant-based way or you know uh, you know whatever uh, or uh, plant-based meats as a way to kind of begin to shift uh, into a, a little bit healthier of a product and so I think that that's what's going to happen is like there's going to be more people getting vegan there's going to be tastier meat that is a little bit um, you know more like meat it's going to be introducing it more into fast food restaurants to where it's kind of just this natural thing and then of course it's going to be a financial thing it's going to be you know brands are choosing it because it's a better option for their brand, not for their ethics or their, their, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just a better option. And as, as the environment continues to change, I think that there might be some restrictions or, or people who are just more likely to choose plant-based meats, but it's just, it's just, it's going to take time. It's going to be a process. And, and all of these things combined, I think in the next 20, 30 years are going to have a huge difference. It's just not going to be overnight. Yeah, and I think that's the fundamental problem, I think, with those expectations that we talked about for Beyond Meat specifically, but for the industry as a whole. Like, the problem is people aren't going to change the way they eat that quickly. It's just it's just too near and dear a thing to people, and it's too ingrained in them how they grew up to, like, and even aside from, like, what they're used to eating, like, worldviews of, of whether this is right or whether, like, in the uh, the... Cracker Barrel situation where like it feels like it's the other side like creeping into your world like, and this resistance uh, that stuff doesn't change in in a couple of years right it changes over a really long period uh, maybe over even a generation or two as people as like as the world around us changes and we real and we sort of grow up in a different environment you know where it's recognized that there's this huge you know risk to the planet or whatever I, I don't know I just it it's just a, it's a huge thing to change so I'm I'm not at all surprised that. We have not met. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not all surprised because I wasn't. It's not like back then I predicted this and said this is going to be way too fast. But it makes perfect sense in hindsight, as a lot of things do, that that this would happen. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's Especially a little weird if, us- if things like the way you know if they continue to make vegan versions of or animal free versions of animal proteins. Yeah, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, right. You know, then I I just think that. If, if the economics of this of this plant based way is uh, can get to a point where it's cheaper than using animal way, then yep. every single candy bar, every single yogurt, you know, it's all gonna just start using this plant based stuff. 
Right, because um, right, why wouldn't you? I mean, there's, if, it's, yeah. if it's the same molecule that they are creating, like, I guess if you were really just resistant and you just wanted to hurt animals, then I guess you could just keep on using animals <laughs> in your product. But, like, it's going to get cheaper, and then, and and it has to, right? Like, that's that's the huge thing about about agriculture, animal agriculture, is is the expense and the impact on the planet. And when you have to stop using all these resources to create that, not, not that it's cheap, right? Because right now it's still more expensive to this fermented process and especially the, the cellular agriculture thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, that's how it will creep in. Um, from the point of view of the consumer, like when we're talking about things that aren't molecularly equivalent, like, like that particular example is, um, we talk a lot about fast food and I think it would be easy to, as a listener, say like, why do you guys care so much about plant-based fast food? Like, it, it's junk food. This is a once a month thing or less for a lot of us. Like, why are we talking about that so much? And to me, it's because, as you mentioned, Doug, like in one of these articles, they said like, I'd rather have a burger. Like, I'm just not going to go spend $25 on my, you know, dinner out and get a Beyond Burger when it's on the menu at the restaurant instead of the regular one because that's I just don't want to do that. I don't want to take that risk and I want to treat myself and I want to do this. But and to me, that's the context where you will notice a difference, right? If you're in that foodie environment and you're all about the sensory thing, and you're just thinking about it, and you're and you're into that, then like, yeah, it's it's not yet there. It's not yet indistinguishable. I do think it's going to get there, uh, but it's not yet. But in the fast food context, when you get an Impossible Whopper instead of a regular one, and it only costs you I don't know, six dollars uh, instead of twenty five, like that's a way easier change to to justify or risk to take if that's what it is. Um, and I think that's, to me, that to me, like it is kind of indistinguishable in a lot of the fast food context or it's getting way closer to it than it is in like fine dining context. Um, so I think that's where to me, like we are going to like, we're going to see people start making the shift um, just because it's simple to do in that context and there's no trade-offs and you know, why not? So, that's why we talk a lot about fast food because I think it's really interesting how how that might be the driver of this thing. In from this diet that was supposed to be a health diet, uh, it, it just would be so strange that that fast food is the driver of the change. But uh, I, I think there's really a chance that it will be. I do too. And Good. All right. I know I'm here for it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> not every day. Yeah. You know, so uh, little peek behind the scenes of the morning show. We've been talking a lot about these plant based meats plant-based meats which has made me want to go out and buy and try a lot more of these plant-based <laughs> meats and this week I've, I've had this aversion uh, katie asked if we wanted uh i don't know, if it, you know like impossible meat and in, in some spaghetti sauce the other night and i was like ah, i don't think so Just <laughs> give me give me some of those chickpeas i've had so much of this stuff yeah. recently yeah i have too uh and and i'm even convincing myself that it's not that unhealthy like i've started to look it's it's just interesting having done this thing a lot like being more up on the news and now like I'm starting to read a lot more about it. I'm starting to look up scientific articles and like how bad actually is plant-based meat, uh, meal replacement stuff like Huel. My son takes some Huel sometimes. Uh, I've been looking at that and like, and starting to wonder like, can you have plant-based pea protein? Like, does that have an, does that have a, a, a bad effect on your body? If that's what you're eating as your only protein, and that's what the Huel study is on. Um, so anyway, it's just, it's kind of interesting diving into this and I'm wondering like, are these things really so bad? Now, in a, in a fast food environment, I think for the most part they're pretty bad, right? You have deep frying happening. There's different grease being. It's just it's not it's not a healthy. They're not trying to make healthy food typically. Um, but I do wonder, like as, as they start to make things that are pretty just you know high in plant protein and 
some kind of fat that generally is regarded as healthy. Some people don't like coconut oil, but that's only in the in the you know red mock meats. Whereas chicken and things like that, or fish, they don't they don't use coconut oil typically. Um, so you can get things that are that are protein and fat and mimic the nutrition of of regular meat without some of the bad things that come with animal uh, you know with animal products. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm looking into it. And I'm, I really am finding myself wondering like how how healthy or how unhealthy is this stuff actually? Uh, but like you, I'm also, it's interestingly like increasing my appreciation for non-plant-based meats. And like, it's really easy to slide back into this thing. I mentioned the pasta example. Like when I was, before I was vegetarian, if I was eating pasta, like it, you had to put meat in it or it wouldn't be like a dinner that would satisfy yeah, you, yeah. right? You, it couldn't, it wouldn't count as dinner if you didn't put some sort of meat in the sauce. But if you did, then, then you're good. Yeah, and when you chose turkey, you were giving yourself a, a high five. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> at, least, at least I was. was yep. And so then when I went vegetarian and vegan, I remember I probably wrote this a few times, how like how much my view of what was food had changed. And I didn't anymore need to check nutritional nutrient boxes off to make sure my meal was complete. I just ate if I could fill up on whole foods, which, you know, pasta arguably is whole, arguably isn't, depends what kind you're using. And, you know, it's, it's still flour. It's not that whole of a food, but but whatever. Uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> um, but the point was like, you know, it's pretty natural to sort of fill up on food. And if it's real whole food for the most part, like, why do I need to check off boxes and say there's protein in this quantity in this thing? Uh, but but since we've started experimenting with more of these plant-based meats, like I have found myself going back that way a little bit and starting to think, well, I can't just make pasta and sauce for dinner. Like we got to put something in there. We got to go get some uh, some field roast or something and put that in. Uh, but I, but like you, I've, I've had this recently, like you kind of just get tired of of that and you just want like you said the chickpeas uh so i've, I've actually like you kind of done the same thing and i would say my my plant-based meat consumption went up during the first few weeks of the show and recently has kind of come back to to normal where it's more than once every week yeah. or two but um, i i had i will admit it's gotten uh more creative or like uh I, I i'm trying new things we've been trying the uh the plant-based fish sticks yeah. and you know yep. uh, crab, and crab cakes, cakes. And like that yeah, and, and to me, that's what's fun about it. Like, if it, if it can be this thing where, as we've always said, like, this isn't anything new. Like, if it can be this variety thing that you do now and then or this nostalgia thing and you have it in certain situations, like, that's what it should be, right? This stuff, it shouldn't become my plant-based, Sunday's my plant-based crab cake day and, you know, <laughs> the other days are this. And I'm, and I'm, like, back to, like, a normal diet except every day now is filled with a plant-based version of the meat. Uh, that That's, I think, that's going down a bad road for, for plant-based if we want this thing to be thought of as as healthy and full of whole fruit foods and fresh foods uh so i I think we shouldn't lose sight of that of course but it's you know it's really cool you can get a crab cake that tastes like a crab cake uh and it's and it's made entirely from you know some protein blend or something i don't know it's cool interesting times sure is uh all right really quickly to end on a positive note there were some positive stats uh that we found um Something. So here's going back to the health thing. 76% of Americans believe that plant-based diets are healthful, and 46 believe that plant-based protein is healthier for you than animal-based ones. Uh, th- in this case, this is from Delvin's, a research company, uh, but they said less than half people, 46%, say they believe the claims about the health benefits of plant-based foods, which is kind of spun to be like a bad thing. Less than half people believe the claims, uh, but that means 54%. Uh, sorry, 54. That, that means <laughs> sorry. 54% don't believe it, but like even though 46% is less than half, 
that's still almost half the people that believe that plant-based foods are really healthy. And that's yeah. that's a big right. change from the 90s or when I started doing this, when it was thought that like you couldn't get enough protein and you were going to be weak and skinny and like th- this couldn't be a healthy diet because it's not the one we traditionally were raised to eat. Uh, I, I would I don't know I don't know any data from that era, but I bet it was ten percent of people who thought that you could be a healthy person with plant based foods back then. So that, that's a pretty big jump. Uh, and and like we mentioned that meat is is low. Uh, sorry, it's that plant based meat as a share of total meat market share is like one percent. Um, and and this is a positive thing that actually I should have mentioned earlier, like one of the reasons that they were projecting that plant-based meat might hit 15% market share in a few years is because that that's where the plant-based um, non-dairy milk category is. The 15% of, of that category's sales of the, you know, the dairy industry uh, is these non-dairy milks. So that's a, that's a massive like inroads into that industry. That's sort of aided by the fact that uh, some people have lactose intolerance and things that, you know, not necessarily vegan, reasons um not that they're trying to eat plant-based they just can't handle lactose uh or have a dairy allergy or intolerance or whatever so they get the plant version uh so like that's at 15 percent. the vegan cheese is 8.2 percent of the overall cheese market egg substitutes six percent i know doug you you challenged that one based on your uh broad <laughs> experience with, with these numbers yeah. uh <laughs> but these are these are these are big things to me. This is, this is large numbers. Right? When we're saying that 10% of people being vegan is is really hard to believe, uh, I don't know. This is this sort of more corroborates that story that these these some of them double digit percentages of, of these markets are plant based. Uh, that that's exciting. I mean, it, it's really it's a progress is happening. Definitely. Okay. Well. Um, I don't know. I think we I, solved the. I think we solved all the. We we put all the doubters. Uh, we put to, this issue to bed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> doubters to rest. Issue to bed. Yes, I think you're right. There's little doubt anymore. Which I think we probably do with every episode, right? I mean, anyone who uh, is hesitant about the plant based diet when they listen to one of our episodes, they they have to be all on board, right? <laughs> all the all the science that we that we bring to yeah, the table. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so. Not as long, hopefully they're not doing any fact checking. That's uh, that's one area we still haven't gone into. It. There are there are podcasts out there that have have fact checkers for every episode, and we don't do too much of that. No, but that's okay. It wouldn't be no me not the radio if we did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, All right, but uh, it's good to have another real true no me athlete radio episode and uh next week you can listen to the morning show on this feed but also go ahead and subscribe to the morning show feed yes what else anything else we need to call out no i think we're good looking forward to uh to a long weekend a fall weekend with some pumpkin spice products (laughs) get that pumpkin spice matt i'm gonna try to get up for a long run not the psl the psl still not vegan nope cannot get can't 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 do the psl but you need a long run yeah fall long fall long run is good i have i have some uh mixed memories of fall long runs they're it's it's sort of pleasant i imagine the leaves and all that at the same time they're they're just sort of uh it's just depressing i just can't i don't know i just don't i hate long runs Uh, you know this i'm really digging the weather for the for the my runs you know especially Mm -hmm. in the morning it's been like in the upper 40s low 50s that's really nice and uh and that is just so good It's, it's just like prime running weather yep good 
All right. All right, everybody. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. All right. See you.